What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Katie Brabham on today's episode. I'm so excited to get to know a little bit more about her. Katie, I'm just going to toss it at you and start wherever you would like with your story. Okay. Um, I just wanted to, first of all, thank you, Shelly. You've really changed my life here recently. Um, I found your podcast about three weeks ago, and now I can't stop listening. I think I might have listened to all of them so far. So um, it really helps me to like get to know other stories because a lot of people don't talk about these things. And I'm the type of person where I want to talk about it, you know, so thank you so much. Um, I guess I'll start by I guess from the very beginning, I mean, I've always wanted to be a mom um, from very young age. I remember being at my brother's baseball games and babysitting at the baseball park at like age 10. Of course, like parents are around, had like Katie's club, I called it Katie's club and we all had fun and I, you know, they paid me like $10, but you know, that was something. Um, and so I always wanted to be a mom. That was my dream. I mean, even when I was 16 to 18 years old everybody's getting ready for college and you know they kept asking me what are you gonna do are you gonna go to college you know what do you want to be and I was like I want to be a mom thanks um but of course my mom um instilled in me in a very very young age that you know make sure that you are able to provide for yourself and for your children in the future if you needed to on your own so um my mom was in an abusive relationship um with my dad and unfortunately she was not you know, didn't have a degree. He isolated her and abused her. And so it took her a long time and she had to fight to get out of that marriage. Um, and so she didn't want me to go through the same things she did. So I went to school at the university of Southern Mississippi for six years and I ended up getting my master's degree in speech language pathology and absolutely loved my job. Um, so I had a plan since I wanted to be a mom. Of course, my mom said, you know, you, need to go to college and so my plan was college and then marriage and then um, get a job and then buy a house and a mom car and then have a baby and um, so of course when you make plans God laughs Um, you know the saying goes so that was my plan and I'm a planner I'm a type a person I like things going exactly the way I planned it Um, well as of since this happened, it's kind of brought me back to not being like that so much, but um, I was a planner. And so sophomore year of college, I came home. I was living in, my mom was living in Florida. So I went home and it was spring break. I met this guy, well, I already knew him from high school, but we reconnected and we chit-chatted a little bit. And then the summer of 2013 we started hanging out more and eventually started dating and we dated for nine months and on on April 5th 2000 not 2000 yeah 2014 um he asked me to marry him and it was on the beach and it was raining and it was 
crazy time, but he got a home disease and asked me to marry him. And the first thing I asked him before I said yes was, did you ask my mom? <laughs> so um, he said yes. And so I said yes. And that's what I, you know, thought we were going to go off and have a happy life together or whatever. But I went on with graduate school, got into my uh, graduate school, and we ended up getting married sub, uh, January of 2017. Um, and I graduated from graduate school May of 2017. And then I got a job, started, my, started working June of 2017. And in July, I bought my mom car, um, big SUV. And so then we ended up actually buying a house December of 2017. So 2017 was a huge year for us. And so it was like, bam, 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 you know, everything's falling into place. Um, he is my ex-husband now. I might as well throw that out there. Um, and at that time, I was just kind of going with the punches. You know, I, that's what I wanted to do was be a mom. And so I kind of noticed things weren't, you know, weren't great in our relationship. But my goal was a baby. And so I kept just doing things and making choices to get there. Because um, all I wanted was that baby. Um, so we started trying officially. I got off birth control in September 2017. And we, uh, we tried for 10 months. And in June of 2018, I went to the doctor for annual checkup. And I just mentioned to her, you know, we got off birth control. What's going on? And she said, normally we wait for a year. Um, so I was like, well, something's not right. And so she said, well, let's try you on progesterone. And she gave me some medicine. So I started taking the progesterone and that month I got pregnant. Um, so I was like, wow, like that happened really fast. You know, I've been trying for 10 months and that just happened because I took medicine. I mean, it just shocked me. Um, and so I remember, I mean, I, from that 10 months, I was taking pregnancy tests after pregnancy tests after pregnancy tests. And I dated them all and I kept them. I know it sounds weird, but I just wanted proof of like, this is how hard and how long I've been trying. So when I took the pregnancy test, it was um, July 31st or the 30th, I'm not sure. Um, but I took the pregnancy test and when it came out positive, I just like started shaking. <laughs> and my hands started shaking and I, I, I planned to eventually tell my husband at the time uh, in a fun way or cute way, but he was sitting in a bed and I just, it was early in the morning. and I just started shaking and I went in there and I woke him up and I was like, I'm pregnant. This says pregnant. And I took another one and it said pregnant. And I was just like freaking out because now I'm like, I'm pregnant. And it was just so weird. Cause I would always, you know, I've always got negative. And so he looked at me from a dead sleep and is like, where did you get that? And I was like, the store yesterday, like I'm pregnant. And he said, well, where did you buy this from? You had to have bought it off Amazon. Like, a fake you know a fake positive pregnancy test and I said no I wouldn't do this it's pregnant he said go pee on another one so of course really didn't have any more pee inside of me so I drank some water and then I peed again on the next pregnancy test and it said negative and I was like this is really strange because I just got two positives now I got a negative and so at this point I'm freaking out because I was just really excited and now it's saying negative so I get my car and I go up to CVS <laughs> and I buy like six pregnancy tests, like all different kinds. And so I got home, I took another one, it said positive. And then I just couldn't believe it because I was still like, there's something, you know, pulling me towards that negative one. And so 
uh, took another one, one that, you know, reads pregnant or not pregnant and stuff, just give you the lines. And I took one of those and it said negative. And I was just really confused. Um, but throughout that day, I'm not going to keep going positive and negative because we'll be here all day. But throughout that day, I probably took about six or seven pregnancy tests and two out of the six were negative. Um, but I thought maybe it's, I'm just really early. I mean, I was trying for a baby. Like I, I was not even six weeks. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't even miss my period yet. So I just thought needs time. Well, um, you know, you can't make, um, well, the next day I called my doctor and of course they make you wait eight weeks. So it's like, dang, really, you know, I want to know if I'm pregnant or not. Um, but the way I am as a person, I'm an open book. Um, so we told my family through FaceTime and they were all really excited. And my brother was best friends with my ex-husband and they were all really excited for us. I knew we'd been trying and we told his family, um, in a cute way, um, at their, his grandma's house or whatever. And then I was contemplating telling my work family. And I didn't know whether I should or not because of the stigma of waiting to 12 weeks. But like I said, I'm an open book. And in my mind, whether this baby came full term or whether I miscarried or whether I miscarried at, you know, six weeks or 12 weeks or 20 weeks, I didn't care because it was going to be my baby no matter what. Um, but there's a stigma. And so I ended up talking to a girl at work who also had some trouble getting pregnant. And she said, well, I told everybody like at six weeks. So I didn't know exactly how far along I was, but I think it was, it wasn't six weeks yet. I don't think it was like five and a half weeks. And it was a Tuesday and I bought, um, some cupcakes, pink and blue. And I had made a sign. Um, I work in a rehab, um, skilled nursing facility and rehab. And so I kind of, um, a like a specialized kind of in dementia. Um, and I do cognitive therapy, which is like brain games, like puzzles and different stuff. So I had wrote on this poster board in blue and pink. I wrote, um, so the phrase was, someone here is pregnant, guess who? But in each word, I scrambled the letters of the word, and they had to unscramble each word to, like, make sense. And so they would walk in, and it would take them a little bit to uh, find out who was pregnant uh, or read it, and then they were like, who's pregnant? And then nobody one really said anything, and they came up to me, and they're, you know, one by one throughout the day, and they were so excited for me. Um, actually, one of my... <laughs> Um, co-workers actually gave me a ovulation kit back in January of that year for my um, housewarming present because she knew I was planning on having a family soon but um, so I told them and I was okay with that because like I said I'm an open book so everyone was so excited I was so excited um, but I knew something was off like almost immediately after that after I told them um, I started cramping a little bit that same day but you know it's implantation you know all that stuff so I didn't really think too much of it I put it away from my mind um thought positively um but I just knew like in my heart something was wrong and for the next day or two and actually even before this um I I would would go to sleep just holding my belly like I would I wasn't showing of course it was only a few weeks along but I would I didn't feel alone I felt like I had somebody there with me and I would just like cradle my stomach and like on my side when I was sleeping and laying in bed um so so on that night that I told my work family I started spotting a little bit just light light bleeding um didn't think much of it and then on the seventh uh 
the next day I started cramping pretty bad um, and ended up calling my um, doctor's office and they, you know, asked me the questions and I was like, yeah, I don't think it's that bad, you know, and they're like, sometimes it's okay, you know, you know, sometimes you're just bleeding because the implantation and all, so I thought, okay, well, they know what they're talking about, right? So, um, throughout the day, though, it got worse and I started passing a little bit of tissue and by that night, um, I was like heavily bleeding and passing tissue, so I almost went to the ER, but I didn't want to I actually was kind of trying to run from it. Like if I keep it, you know, if I don't know right now, then I, I'll know I, I'll feel pregnant. Um, you know, I'll be pregnant until I go and confirm that I'm not. So um, there was, a, you know, tissues coming out and it was just very strange. So I ended up calling my doctor's appointment, uh, doctor's office at night and I made an appointment for like nine in the morning the next day. This was August 9th, 2018. So I went in for my appointment and the whole way there, I prayed and prayed and prayed. And my ex-husband was just trying to be positive. And um, we didn't really discuss much. I was in shock and I was scared and I, I didn't really have anything to say. So we get there and I don't know why this kind of haunts me to this day, but my doctor is in a huge hospital and you, ha you know, there's different doctor's offices within the building. And so we were walking down this long hallway to get to my doctor's office. And I just like felt, you know, like I had to go to the restroom and, you know, of course, bleeding that much and stuff. You're like, I need to go to the bathroom. So before I went to the doctor's office, I went to the restroom outside in the hallway. And whenever I went to the bathroom, um, there was something in the toilet and looked like a little sack. And I knew from the stuff I'd passed before and the stuff that I just saw in the toilet then that this was the sack that my baby was in. And I'm sorry if I get emotional. I'll try not to, but sometimes it happens. Um, so I went out, I took a picture of it and I went out and I wanted to show my husband, but he was grossed out by those kind of things. And all I wanted from him was support. Um, but I felt like I wasn't in alone at that point and he didn't want to see it. So I went into the doctor's office, I signed in, and it was the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life was sit there in the waiting room with pregnant people everywhere. And me knowing that, I just knew that I wasn't pregnant anymore. Um, so we went back, eventually we got called back, we went back there, it seemed like forever that I waited in the waiting room. But uh, eventually we got called back and they did a vaginal ultrasound and they didn't the ultrasound tech kind of turned the screen away from me, but I'd already like Googled, I know Google's the uh, devil sometimes, but I already Googled what it would look like if I was pregnant at six weeks um, on the ultrasound. And she tried to keep it away from me, but I could see that there was nothing there. And I was squeezing my ex-husband's hand so hard. Like I think I cut off circulation. Um, but I just kind of saw in her eyes that nothing was there. And she said, okay, well, you can go have a seat, you know, get cleaned up and go have a seat. And there was this little bitty waiting room, um, not like the big one, but it was the one that you sit in before you go into the room where the doctor comes in and talks to you. And I think I went through like half a box of tissues there and I tried so hard to keep it together. But there was two other women there and they were full pregnant, like, almost nine months I could tell and they had their ultrasounds of their babies and you know I saw it and and I just I, I was just shocked like it all happened so fast and this is my dream and I felt just like I lost you know what I've been working for forever um it was a blur after that 
we got put into a waiting room and um so so we got put in the waiting room and my ex-husband started googling like everything under the sun what could possibly be and I said no like you don't understand I lost the baby and he was like but it could be too early Katie to see it and and I just knew I, mean, I had that mother's instinct I knew when I started to not feel pregnant anymore my symptoms went away like two days ago um but um we got put in the room and then my doctor came in a little while later and she's fabulous um I couldn't have got through this without her she's so personal and she like takes time to actually listen to you and she first thing she did because she has been on this journey with me for 10 11 months now uh, almost 12 months and she just hugged me so tight and she you know she told me i had a miss she told me she had had a miscarriage and you know everyone had a you know one out of four people have a miscarriage and unfortunately none of that really helped me um and she was like but you know you got pregnant katie you can do it again and i said she's like you're you know everything that we always hear after miscarriage you're more fertile and all this stuff that I really don't want to hear. Can we just, just stop and say, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry for your loss, you know? Um, so, um, she was great though. And I'm of negative blood type. And so she gave me the Rogam shot for next time in case I get pregnant, um, again. And so then we got up to leave and, um, <coughs> excuse me got up to leave and I went to the little desk where I was going to make an appointment to come back in the next two weeks um, to see if my levels are dropping or whatever and I get up there and it's noon by this time because we've been in this we've been there for three hours in a doctor's office like this is wasn't even an emergency room we're there for three hours to handle this so it's noon by now and the, everybody in the office staff was like trying to get ready to leave to get a lunch and it was a normal day for them and to me this was the worst day of my life so far um well, actually, my dad also passed when I was 18, so it's kind of hard to compare, but um, so the lady looked at me, and she said, she could tell I've been crying, and she looked at me and said, well, where's your file? And I said, I don't know. They, the people, the nurses told me to come up here and reschedule, and they said, well, we need your file. So I walked back there, and I was like, told the nurse, I said, they said that you, I need to grab my file, and then the nurse looked at me, and they're like, we already sent it up there. They don't know what they're talking about. And so then I walked back up to the lady and I said, they said that they already sent it up here. I don't know what you're talking about. I just need to schedule an appointment to come back. And she like huffed and like she had already signed out for lunch. And so she, I could tell she was signing back in on the clock and she was like huffing. And I said, look, I just had a miscarriage. I lost my baby and I'm so mad right now. And I just need you to sign me up for another appointment so I can get the hell out of here. And I just did not want to deal with her crap then. So I, um, at this point I go and I'm just in shock. And like, we, I just did all a blur after that. And then I got in the car and my ex-husband was like, let's go eat lunch. And I'm sitting there thinking like, what are you talking about? Let's go eat lunch. Like it's a normal day. It's, this is a normal. And we ended up actually going to eat Mexican. And I, it was just all a blur like and people I was sitting there at the restaurant and there was babies everywhere and I just couldn't hold it together after that we went to our house and I we just sat there um just sat there in our bed I just remember just like sitting there both of us like no tv on a lamp was on it was kind of like a rainy day and so we just sat there we didn't look at each other we didn't talk 
it was like we were just trying to take it in, I guess. Um, looking back, I should have taken off work um, for when I, for during this time, but I didn't. I mean, everything, everyone around me, my family and everybody around me were acting like this was okay. Like, um, like, like it didn't matter. Like it was only, you know, five and a half weeks. So it doesn't matter, you know? So I felt like I had to go to work the next day. I didn't take any time off. So I went to work and I continued to like cramp really, really bad. And I remember thinking if I'm camping this bad with a, you know, a baby that was five and a half weeks gestation, like those women who have babies, like, I don't know how y'all do it <laughs> because I was like, it hurts so bad. And, um, so like I said before, I'd already had marriage issues and I promise you, I'm not straying from the subject, but this all plays a part of this crazy struggle I've been in in my life lately. But, um, I was already having marriage issues and this was kind of like a breaking point. Um, we had originally, before we even got pregnant, uh, booked a cruise for my ex-husband's best friend's wedding anniversary. And so we were going to go on the cruise and then his friend and his wife for their anniversary. And then his friend's little sister and her boyfriend. And he had, his friend also had another sister, but she wasn't going to go. Um, but lo and behold, um, the night before she ended up buying a, um, ticket to go on our cruise by herself without her husband, um, at 1130 at night. Well, this was also the girl, um, the, my husband, my ex-husband's best friend's sister was also a sonographer. And back way back whenever we were told that we had to wait till eight or nine weeks to get in for an appointment, my husband had actually contacted her and was going to do like a home ultrasound maybe. And she said, maybe she could see something around six or seven weeks. So he was really excited and wanted her to do that. So I guess that's where they connected. Well, on the cruise, I'm not, I'm not going to go into all the details, but I just knew something was kind of going on between them. And I was just, I tried to push it away like I do everything. I try to stay positive. Um, but the September 30th is when I officially decided that I was going to get a divorce from him no matter what. So that was the last day of the cruise. The next day we came home and I, we kind of just didn't really talk about it. Cause even though we, I told him I was definitely getting a divorce on the cruise. Um, we didn't talk about it that day. He just went and did his thing. I did my thing when we got back. Um, so we kind of separated in October, like he stayed at friends' houses. Um, I had already planned a trip to New York city with my mom for Christmas. We were leaving, um, the first of December of 2018 and it was me and my mom, her best friend. And it was the girl, the wife of my ex-husband's best friend. Um, the one that, you know, we went on the anniversary cruise with, she was coming with me to New York. Um, I was, it was the third, I believe, of December, and I was eating the most expensive steak of my life, and it makes me so mad that I found this information out then, because I, I love steak, so anyways, but I was eating a really expensive steak that I paid for all by myself, and blah, 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 and I open up Snapchat, and I see a Snapchat of my ex-husband, we were still married at the time, on our boat, we had, we owned a boat together, um, on my boat with this girl, the, the sister from the cruise, who was the sonographer. And I don't know who would put that up there. Maybe they didn't think I'd get on Snapchat, 
So I was in shock. And so I found out that they had been hanging out um, when my husband wasn't at home. And of course, you know, we're separated supposedly, but so um, I'm a, I'm a Christian, but I am also a spiritual person. Um, always have been. And so I've always wanted to go to a psychic and I thought, you know, if I go to New York city and I saw this sign for psychic and I said, look, I'm going to do this. So I went to the psychic and she said, do you want to talk about love, money, or your future career? And I said, look, I took my wedding ring off because at that point I'd still have my wedding ring on, but I took it off so she wouldn't have like, you know, any clues as to if I was pregnant or not. And so she did her thing and she said, are you done with him? And I said, yes. And she said, are you sure? I said, yes. And she said, I don't believe you. You're not done with him. And I want you to make sure, you know, you should do everything possible to make sure that you're absolutely certain that this is the decision you want to make because at least you would know that you did everything and you tried. And I said, okay. And then throughout the session with her too, she had also mentioned, well, I asked her, she said, do you want, no, want to know anything else? And I said, will I have kids? And she said, honey, it's all up to the decisions you're going to make within the next year. And I was just like blown away because I was like, what does she mean? Like the, the decisions I'm going to make in the next year, like this lady doesn't know anything about me. Um, and she also did tell me, she said, have you been to the doctor lately? And I said, I mean, about, you know, four months ago. And she said, well, have, do you have a history of fibroids? And I said, no, I don't think so. And she said, I think you need to go see a doctor when you get back home. And I think you have fibroids. And um, so I'm just like freaked out. I'm just like, how does this lady know this much about me? But I t took what she said, um, to heart and I prayed all the way home on the plane and I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed like 70% of the plane ride I prayed the other 30% I finished reading that book girl wash your face and normally I'm not into like self-help books but that's a great book I um, love that book <laughs> yeah, I love it so um so I prayed all the way home like please Lord you know just make sh let me make the right decision um so I had I hit the runway I was back in Florida and um, I got off the plane and I said, okay, I made up my mind. I'm going to call him, my ex-husband, and I'm going to ask him to come home and ask him to work through this with me. You know, some people go through um, this and make it out on the other side. And so I asked him, I called him and he said, nope, I don't want to go home. And actually he was upset that I, he thought he was, he's, was a nurse. He is a narcissist. I hate to say that, but he tried to make it seem like what I saw was fake like you didn't see that when I know I saw it and I know I have other information um and at that point it was December 5th I um like I felt like I lost everything like I felt like I lost my baby a marriage um now that I decided I wanted a divorce I just bought this beautiful home last year I didn't even spend a year in it. I didn't get to put up my Christmas tree, like a huge Christmas tree that I always dreamed of. I just felt like I lost everything. And um, anyways, long story short, I got off work the next day and I was like, I know he's with her because he was trying to say, no, you're not. Like, um, anyways, so I drove to Florida. I live in Alabama, but I drove to Florida the next day and I actually saw them together. We're not going to talk about the rest of that. But um, so I told him way back when, like, if we're separated, I'm not going to talk to other people. But at this point, he said he definitely did. He definitely did want a divorce. And so what did I do? I went to internet dating and 
Um, I did that for a little while. I felt like I lost myself for a little while. And then I came across this guy named Cody and we went on a date December 17th to, um, a Christmas light show in a park or whatever. And we talked about everything under the sun. Um, everything. I mean, it felt like I've known him forever. And he told me that he has cystic fibrosis. And at this point, I don't know what that is. Like, I know kind of of it, you know, I had a friend with it once, or a friend's sister with it once, but I didn't know. Um, so the next day I went to work and it was going so perfectly. That date went so perfect. I went to work and I said, absolutely not. I'm not going to be with him. I'm not talking to him. He wants a relationship and I'm not ready for a relationship. And I'm not talking to him. So I didn't even talk to him. And then things happened in January 1st of 2019. Um, he liked when I posted on Facebook. And I was like, hmm, I wonder what he's up to. So I messaged him back. And we stayed on the phone until like 3.30 that morning, just talking about everything. And the next day, he had a doctor's appointment near me. And he came over. And the rest was history, really. Um, so he then, when we met back up, he expanded on a cystic fibrosis. Um, and some people don't know that um, most males with, who have cystic fibrosis have no vas deferens. And the vas, it's actually 99.9% .9 of males um, don't have a vas deferens. And those of you who don't know who, what a vas deferens is, it's the tube that lead, you know, the sperm out. So then I'm like, trying over the next year and I'm still with him now he's amazing but over the next year we've had different conversations and I've learned more and more and more about CF and it it hit like I just still feel like sometimes I get really angry and I'm just like how is all this like if I am you know everybody says you know God gives the strong the most to the person you know who's the strongest and I'm like how strong does God think I am because my dad died, uh, my baby's not here, I've, my marriage is lost, I lost a house, I have a mom car. Every day when I go outside, you know, I get my car, I look in my rear view mirror and there's no car seat there, you know. Um, so I, was, I get really mad sometimes. Um, but so because of no vast deference, he can't produce naturally um children actually so I looked into all the different ways to conceive and I know I'll be a mom one day um but actually I went to the doctor's office January 3rd of this year 2020 and I went to the doctor and my same doctor and basically she said she told me the words infertile she said you've been off birth control for how long and I said September of 2017 and she said well at this point you'd be considered infertile and I was like wait no no like my my boyfriend can't you know produce so that's the reason like I'm not infertile me and then I got to thinking and I knew this already but my my periods have not been my cycles not been right since my miscarriage normally I was on birth control and before even conceiving I had normal cycles and ever since my miscarriage a year and five months ago my cycles have been off maybe bleed like once a, a month maybe two days a month and so that's not right um so something has to be going on with me also and she um actually referred me to a reproductive endocrinologist and I was very very surprised to have made an appointment for January 22nd of this year um but just a little bit 
of a happy story at the end of all of this craziness that I just told you. Um, it's taken a lot of strength on my part, and I do feel like I am one of the strongest people, like, to be able to handle all this. Um, but I would not be able to be where I'm at and be this strong if it, I didn't have my amazing boyfriend um, now. He's the most – I mean, everybody should be treated the way he treats me, and I had never had that before. Um, I was abused in every way before, and I really hate to say this, everything happens for a reason, and it's God's, you know, it, my miscarriage happened because of whatever reason, you know, people always hear, well, maybe it was a good thing because, you know, maybe it's a good thing you miscarriage because um, now that you're not stuck to that asshole, sorry, I'm just gonna say it anymore, you know, so so I obviously don't feel that way. I would much rather have my eight month old baby here, um, right now, but I do feel blessed in a way that I have somebody who's supported, supportive of me and who wants, you know, children and is willing to do whatever we need to do to have that happen. Um, I will say that throughout our conversations, mine and Cody's conversations about children, um, that's a deal. That's a deal breaker for me. Um, I love him more than anything in the world, but if you don't want children, then that's just not going to work out. Um, but of course, it's a mental game with both of us because he also has CF and the life expectancy of somebody with CF is 38 years old and he's 32. And, but he, it's the degree of severity, it, you know, it, it ranges. And he has one of the less severe types of CF. Um, so, he never thought, and like we talked about it, and he, so back to 2018, sorry for jumping around, um, I'm sorry, 2019, March, we kind of talked about wanting kids, and he was like, yeah, but, you know, I wanted to wait a while, and then like three months later, we talked about it again, because it's important to me, and I'm trying to make sure, you know, he wants children, because that's a deal breaker, and I don't want to keep spending my time with somebody who doesn't want children, and so he said, first, he wants to wait a while. And then second, he was like, well, Katie, I never really thought about it because I didn't think I would live this long. I didn't think that I would have children um, or have to make that decision. And I said, okay. And then recently I talked to him, about, to him again and he gets kind of not aggravated when I bring it up because he knows it's important, but I'm sure he's tired of me talking about it because it's a, almost a daily thing I mentioned and not in depth, but just mentioned. Um, and recently he's like, <laughs> excuse me, but the most recent one, like every time I ask him, I keep uncovering more and more and more of his feelings. And so I asked him around November of last year and he said, I do want children, Katie. And this, this gave me chills and breaks my heart at the same time. He said, I do want children, but I don't want them, something to happen to me when they're too young to understand where I went. And leave you here with children, toddlers or babies, and then they don't understand where I went. And like it broke my heart because I don't, I don't think about those things. I think about me and what I want. And I don't think about him, you know, like having children I'm sure scares him because he might not be around to see them grow up. Um, so uh, anyways, um, we're on this road together and I'm going to my appointment to the RE on January 22nd and I'm doing this for me I'm not doing it for him like basically I'm going in there single which I am I'm not married um 
but I just want to make sure I am okay in that area, not just necessarily him. Um, just so when the time does come, if we get married and decide to have children, that I know what my options are with him having CF and with me and make sure I'm good and my eggs are good and all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's it, really. Well, I'm proud of you for kind of just taking control, taking things in your own hands and just being prepared, you know? Um, mm -hmm. Especially with his diagnosis, you know, like you, you need to be prepared and on top of things. And so I think that that's really cool of you. Yeah. Uh, I always yeah. ask at the end of every episode, if you had one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? Um, I would just say, have hope. Um, it's a very hard thing to hang, hang on to whenever you're constantly be like you're constantly feeling like you're being beat down and you know sometimes you feel like you don't really like nothing's going your way um but at the end of the day and if you are a Christian you know that everything is going just the way it is and you just need to take time to soak in the now and stop trying to live in the future and just enjoy what's around you currently and just have hope and faith that one day everything will make sense. So yeah, that's mm -hmm. it. <laughs> Absolutely. Now if somebody wants to reach out to you, where could they do so? Um, my Instagram is Katie underscore Brabham, B-R-A-B-H-A-M. And I have a Facebook page and I'm just Katie Brabham on there. Okay. Awesome. I'll go ahead and I'll link those in the description of this episode. Thank you so much, Katie, for jumping on and sharing your story. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you so much. And the fact that you just started listening to this, what did you say like three weeks ago and you're already jumping yeah. in and sharing your story? I'm so proud of you. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, it's, I, I truly believe in things. It just makes me mad at the stigma that is placed yeah. around it. And I'm just so, I'm so done with that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, are we still recording? Yeah, we are. Okay, good. Because I'd <laughs> like to go ahead and say this too while we're talking about it. Um, it actually, during this last Christmas holidays, um, it hit me kind of hard. And I don't know why I'd already been through a Christmas. I should have been pregnant. So this past Christmas, um, I, it was really hard. Um, and my family didn't understand why I was taking it so hard. And I, my baby would have been eight months old. And I envision it, you know, it's always gonna be a place in my heart. And actually, I'd like to tell you guys, his or her name is Landon. So, um, you know, Landon would have been eight months old. And so it hit me kind of hard. And my mom actually sat me down on Christmas day and she doesn't understand miscarriage at all. And she actually told me and she basically just thought I was overreacting with the situation and basically kind of like get over it, um, which hurt really, really bad. Um, and so many people at work, you know, I have people surrounding me at work right now who are pregnant and I, I'm actually okay around them now. Um, Back last year, I wouldn't have been. Um, it would have hurt to see them pregnant. But so many people at work, when, you know, I have patients, they're elderly patients, and normally I get to know them, like, how many children do you have? And whatever. And they always ask me if I have kids. And I say, yes, I have one angel baby in heaven. And every time I say that, if I'm around a coworker, they just, like, look at me, like, and I talk about it openly. And other people who I work with have had miscarriages, too, but now they have children. 
So of course they get to talk about their babies. And so whenever they get asked how many kids they have, they usually only say the children that they have on earth. Mm -hmm. And I get it. I mean, I can see where that comes from because you don't always want to have this, oh, poor me. Because whenever I do tell people, yeah, I have one angel baby and you're heaven, um, they look at me with like a sadness. And mm-hmm. I get it, you know, but to me, I want to talk about it. So I understand why that the other women don't usually say that. Um, but to me, I don't have living children and I don't know what I'll have to go through to have a living child here on earth. So, um, I just go with, yes, I have one and it helps me, but they kind of look at me strange sometimes, <laughs> but uh, I don't really care. And I, I'm jumping right on board with you, Shelly, because too, <laughs> too many people don't talk about this. So anything I can do actually to help you or help other women, um, any other resources that you have for me, just let me know. And I will be so happy to tackle anything. <laughs> Uh, you are awesome well thank you so much and you'll have to keep me posted we'll chat soon good luck at your appointment okay thank you thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed this episode make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your instagram stories tag myself tag my guest so that we can personally thank you this is a lamb fam you guys we're not in this alone we're creating this ripple effect together